Alexa off. Really cheap song on two, by the way. <laughs> leave that part in, Mark. Leave that part in. Just, just, just a jiggle, just a, just a gigolo by David Lee Roth. It's just on. <laughs> All right. Welcome to full-blown coverage. Just another football podcast no one asked for. We're back after a short hiatus, courtesy of my schedule. And until we near the start of the upcoming 2021 season, we'll be moving into the podcast offseason as well, which means we'll only be recording once a month unless there is league-shattering news or noteworthy shenanigans that we feel must be covered. As such, you can expect our next episode to drop on Wednesday, April 28th, which will be our draft day special just in time for round one of the NFL draft. Moreover, since we won't have a week to round up, our weekly roundups during the offseason will now be retitled What Happened? Where, you guessed it, we break down What Happened? Most recently in the NFL. We'll start with last Friday when Miami traded the number three overall pick to San Francisco in exchange for the 12th overall pick, a first and third round pick in 2022, and a first round pick in 2023. The Dolphins then sent the 12th overall pick, the 123rd overall pick, and their first round pick in 2022 to the Eagles in exchange for the sixth and 156 overall picks in this year's draft. Drew. San Fran claims they have no plans to trade Jimmy G and that he's still their guy this year, but should he invest in a scrying mirror? First of all, can we say hello at least first? Have, <laughs> Ken and I oh. haven't talked to our our fans for a month almost. <laughs> That's We're right. Second of, second of all, you got to stop scheduling your Zumba class during our podcast recording times because it's really, it's really cutting into this time. <laughs> Who's having a Zumba uh, class, Ken? Wait, wait, which one are you talking to? Talking to Mark. Mark class? is a Mark does Zumba at the oh, yeah, uh, that's the, yeah. Zumba's really been ruining this podcast. The Vashon Community Center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it just happens uh, at the Chevron in the parking lot outside. <laughs> I wouldn't. I that, it probably does. It yeah, probably does. We gas station chili afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't ready to jump straight into business, but. I know, but here you are. Here I am. Uh, back to your question. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting how many people seem to pose that. Like, why would the 49ers trade up and then claim Jimmy G's their starter next year? But I really don't see any upside of them saying that he's not going to be their starter. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems kind of dumb to me. Like, why would you? Why would you say like? I mean, it takes all leverage away from them. Uh, I think we'll probably see a draft day trade of Jimmy G, but if not, if not, like, you know, they could take the Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes route. Um, I think what it signals is they really like one of these three quarterbacks that they're going to get or four, maybe, but I think three quarterbacks really. Uh, so I think it'll be interesting. What do you think the best fit at quarterback for them is here if they draft it? Well, you know, what's interesting. What I was thinking about is, Shanahan's never been like a dual threat guy. And uh, if everything plays out and Zach Wilson does go to the Jets, you know, they're choosing from Fields, Trey Lance and Mac Jones. It wouldn't totally shock me if they love Mac Jones. Think about the quarterbacks that Shanahan's had success with. And I know I go back to this Devonta Smith interview that he did. He like he liked playing with Mac Jones better than Tua, who was the, you know, a top five pick last year. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I know that they love one of those guys or they wouldn't have traded up to the third overall pick to take him. I like Trey Lance personally. 
but I'm not, I'm not really sold on who Shanahan wants to run that offense. Yeah. You don't typically trade that many picks for a left tackle. And I think the Sala Niners connection, you know, is start is leading people to believe that the jets are taking a QB, but at the end of the day, I still don't, I, I don't care if you're my dad or one of you guys or one of my friends, I'm not, I'm never going to reveal a winning hand to anybody. Um, so I think that that part of that is overblown and the Niners are just like, this is as high as we can get. And it's not out of the realm of possibility for them to trade up another pick once they've determined that the Jets are going to take a quarterback. And they're, they're, most teams, I think, are just waiting to see how these pro days play out because this year was kind of a strange year, especially with Trey Lance. But, I mean, now the question is, what do you do with Jimmy G? Don't you think they tried to get the Jets pick first? I mean, why would it be exactly. stupid? It'd be stupid not to if you're yes to not yeah. offer them the same package for the third. Why do why not just go for the second? And then if they say no, like there is that inside connection where you're like, okay, will you tell me who you're taking if you won't trade me the pick? Well, there's also there's also the fact that the Jets. I mean, maybe the Niners didn't want Sam Darnold. Everyone's saying the Jets are taking a quarterback at number two, but what are you going to do with this guy? You can't have two rook guys on their rookie contracts that are quarterbacks competing for a job. That's that that is just going to be a nightmare for your team. What do you do with Sam? Yeah, to to me, this move does sort of indicate, and I mean, we're going to get into this on the next topic. It does sort of indicate to me that the Jets are taking a quarterback for sure, which I mm-hmm. I, I know you guys were already sold on that. I. Yeah, you know, outside, outside. I was of, with you, Mark. Outside of my you. love for Sewell, I actually <laughs> thought, I, I, I actually thought there was probably some value here for the Jets trading down um, to get Absolutely. some value for some more picks. I don't think that's happening now. I, I, I think they're obviously sold on one of these quarterbacks, and uh, you know, I have a suspicion of who it is, which we'll get into here shortly. But I do think then that means the 49ers knew. Uh, you know, there's only going to be these guys left likely mm-hmm. yeah. after the Jets mm-hmm. pick. So to me, that indicates that they're sold on one of those probably three guys um, and are ready to take whoever it is that they, they, they can get there. This is an interesting trade to me. I, I like what Miami's doing. Um, they seem pretty clever uh, with how they're moving picks around here. I mean, to even to, to take the pick from, San Francisco and then trade again with the Eagles so that they actually wind up six. They're getting one of those receivers that they were probably going to take at three. Um, They still get it and they've probably increased their overall value, uh, you know, um, in the draft and and for this team to really build around Tua. Uh, I like what they're doing. I I, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat this year. Absolutely. If Tua works out. Yeah, true. You know, but look at all the picks. Look at all the picks that they've gotten for him. Well, it'll you know, be the interesting Laramie to see him with Army Tunsil deal. Yeah, that's their that's their Herschel Walker trade. Yeah, and if they're getting you know uh, Chase or um, Smith, I you know get the Whoa. get the number one guy for two to throw to. It'll be fun to mm-hmm. watch that team play. Mm-hmm. Eagles, on the other hand, I guess you know what are you you're trading down here. To 12th they do get that extra first round pick in 2022 which is pretty good value um but i guess maybe it doesn't really change what they were planning to do 
anyway. I, mean, I, I had him taking Micah Parsons. Ken, you had him taking Jamar. Um, I think Drew thought whatever best wide receiver was available there. Uh, but I remember when we were kind of going over this this mock draft, it was kind of, for me, one of those picks where I was like, are they just picking because they have to pick something here? It probably does make sense for them to move back. Absolutely. Well, the other thing is, as we've seen just in the last year, you can still get really good receivers in the first later in the first round. Yeah. I mean, Justin Jefferson, I think, was drafted 20-something. Um, C.D. Lamb fell to the Cowboys at like 15 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, it's not like there haven't been good receivers still available and they got an extra first round pick out of it. So no, and it's totally uh, possible too. even if they were going to go with linebacker, like Micah Parsons, he might be available at 12, you know, they need bodies. They need players. They're not a good team. They're go if they're, they're likely going to go with Jalen hurts at quarterback. They need, they just need to get more players. And that's a good way to do it. Like you said, wide receiver, Honestly, if you look at it now with players coming into the league and having thousand yard seasons, their rookie year, it's not like it was 20, 30 years ago where receivers took two or three years to be productive, you know, so it's almost devaluing that position in some respects, because the more people, the more of them that come in, the more of that play right away. Like you said, Drew, you can get a good receiver anywhere now, just like you, you don't even have to draft a running back. You can sign a free agent and they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess it's time for another day. What's, what's happening in the wide receiver position, but you know, I mean, they just need more players and whatever they're going to be able to do to do that. They kind of have to. The other thing we can't forget is how weird this college football season is. And this is going to be a crapshoot draft where we have so many guys that didn't play non-conference games. The people from smaller schools, you have no tape against, uh, in Ohio state or whatever. So, uh, I don't think outside of the, top five picks people really understand who's good like not to change sports but you look at what's happened in the ncaa tournament this year nobody there weren't many non-conference games and the ncaa committee and vegas had no idea which team was going to be good in the tournament mm-hmm. like the pac-12 got, was completely overlooked all year because they didn't play any non-conference games and people are just guessing really and college football was similar like we don't really know what what some of these guys are going to do against elite competition. Um, so there's going to be some steals and there's also going to be some, some guy, some people that had maybe a good year in 2019 that, or, or only had one good college season and that are going to get drafted really high. I think that's a really valid point. And I, I think too, that that's why getting value or any other first round picks in subsequent draft years probably makes a ton of sense from, you know, a risk versus reward perspective here, because I think like Drew said, taking anybody out of the top five, top 10, man, I, I think that's a risk. I just don't think you know enough this year. I think, I, I don't think, I don't think as many small school players are get drafted. And there's a lot of guys like Jamar Chase. He didn't play last year. Gre- uh, Gregory R- R- Russo or Rosso from Miami didn't play last year. So Penny you Sewell. also have that. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Although he's on, not. Mark. he's God forged. (laughs) All right. To piggyback on this topic though, we let's assume the 49ers draft quarterback. It's quarterback of the future. They're taking it number three here. What happens to Jimmy G? Good question. Good question. I mean, the most logical landing spot would be the Patriots. 
But, you know, they signed Cam Newton. I mean, it's an incentive-laden deal. But, I mean, somebody they're going to have to get rid of him. I mean, they can't keep him. I, I just think it's a nightmare if they keep him and, and expect a, what is he, like 27, 28-year-old quarterback to mentor somebody like Trey Lance. Um, I mean, obviously the Patriots make sense, but the Broncos, Panthers, and Bears still need quarterbacks too. But, I mean, what, what are they going to do if they can't get rid of him? Like, what if nobody wants these guys? That's the only thing that seems tough for me here with San Francisco making this trade is that they, Jimmy G may wind up being dead weight for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, and I won't blame them if they get the quarterback of their future. You got to do what you got to do. But it does seem like a difficult scenario getting rid of Jimmy to me um, because I don't know that he's an attractive enough quarterback as a player, <laughs> he's definitely attractive yeah. enough. He's certainly attractive <laughs> as Ashley Andrews. <laughs> Very good looking man. Um, but I, I don't know that some of these other teams are going to just deal much for him, you know? So it will be interesting. I do see the Patriots being a uh, possible landing zone um, for him. That might be sort of interesting you know, they did double dip at tight end and free agency with John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. I'd be more su- I'd be more surprised if he didn't get traded on draft day than if he did. But I agree. To me, it feels like a mm-hmm. late round pick to New England. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And like like I just like I said before, you're never gonna give up that many picks for left tackle. Yeah. Jimmy could be the motivation for Cam too. So it's sort of one of those things that works out both ways. Uh-huh. You know, and I and and obviously Belichick, you know, had been an early fan of Jimmy's, so it really wouldn't shock me if he wound up uh, uh-huh. in New England at all. If he can stay healthy, yeah. Hey, one season he was healthy, he played made it the Super Bowl. That's right. Can't forget Not that. Not an arguable fact. Can't can't forget that. Let's move on to BYU Zach Wilson, one of the top quarterback prospects in the upcoming draft. Also lit up Twitter on Friday after footage of his pro day surfaced. Dazzling the nation with his arm strength and off-balance throws. Ken, you and I both have been advocates for the Jets keeping Darnold and drafting value with the number two overall pick. But should we eat our errors and gorge some humble pie? Um. Well, <clears throat> did you guys see that throw that he made? Yeah, it was unbelievable. That was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um. Really good question. Really good question. I, I, honestly, I mean... I think that the Jets are actually playing this very well right now. Um, they know that they hold all the cards. Their, their GM came from the Ravens, who are maybe the best drafting team in the league. Uh, personally, I, I mean, I've said it before. I still believe in the guy. I, I think the Jets need more players and probably should trade down and get more picks and build around a known commodity rather than drafting an unknown commodity because – Drafts are never going to be an exact science. I mean, Trevor Lawrence can be easily be a bust, just like, just like anybody else. I mean, all signs are pointing towards Zach Wilson, but like I said with Jimmy G, what do you do with Sam Donald? Like you guys mentioned, why did the Niners trade up to the Jets? Well, maybe part of the deal would have been you have to take Sam Donald, and they didn't want him because they right. want to draft a quarterback too. So what do you do with the guy? You know, I mean, what do you do? I mean, it's possible that their GM went to the pro day to uh, create a smoke screen for him, 
You know, um, the, you, I mean, the Jets are, have been a mess for years. Very inconsistent franchise with it, with just like horrible luck, especially for having green uniforms. Um, but having two young quarterbacks on a rookie contract on their roster just makes no sense. They have to get something for Sam. Um, and like I said, it's possible maybe the Jets are bluffing here, just waiting for a better deal, you know, um, uh, the best deal that they could possibly get. Maybe somebody trades up, you know, like uh, like Denver trades up all the way to two. Uh, they're desperate at the last hour to get that pick. So, I, frankly, I think the Jets are actually doing a really good job playing it tight to the vest right now. Um, maybe it'll it'll will be time to eat some humble pie with whipped cream. But at this point, I, I got to be honest. I, I mean, I don't think either either outcome outcome would shock me here. I agree with you. I think the one card that has left their hand was this idea that maybe they were going to make a play for Deshaun Watson, mm -hmm. which, you know, I don't think anybody's touching uh, him or, or, or least that of all scenario us. <laughs> with the, yeah, least of all this podcast uh, with a 10 foot pole, you know, because, because of what's going on. So that, that card to me is out of their hand. So you, your two plays here, in my opinion, are one, you're drafting quarterback now, um, especially with Zach looking as good as he did on the pro day and some, some of the buzz around him. Mm -hmm. um, or I think now they're, they're trading this pick and, and getting value for it, as you said, and, and building around Darnold. I, I personally think the smarter move is to do the latter I think they will do the former. I think there's yeah. this idea with, you know, new coach, new team, uh, mm -hmm. new era that you grab this this new quarterback and 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 begin anew. But um, I do think I do think it would be wise to build around them. So it'll, I'm I'm excited to see what they do at this pick because it's a question. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the, and the jet that. It always feels like the Jets and the draft, there's always drama around what the Jets are going to do. Like one of the things I miss about it being in New York is watching the Jet fans agonize with every pick. But the yeah. Jets did a good job of free agency. Tevin Coleman's a good player. Sheldon Rankins is a good player. Um, they got, the, you know, uh, Corey Davis, good player. Carl Lawson, good player. So they, they did a pretty good job in free agency. They just need to, you know, I mean, it, it really just depends on their evaluation of Zach Wilson if they think he's a better prospect than Sam, but you're going to have to do something. You can't keep them both. Yeah. You know, you know, the only other thing I was thinking here too is if the 49ers decided to trade up into the third overall pick, it happened nearly contemporaneously with the pro day with Zach. Um, mm -hmm. Both of these, the, you know, it was the pro day yeah. and the news dropped. I wondered if they didn't somehow know the Jets aren't selecting a quarterback here, yep. which is why they decided to trade up to three yep. um, to grab Wilson based on how, you know, spectacular his pro day was. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't shock me because it was a little, it was a little weird to me. If Wilson had that pro day, the Jets are probably going to take him. And then the 49ers make this move contemporaneously to what grab fields or Lance. It just, it was weird to me. But also, the, think about it this way, too. The Jets have the second pick in the draft. They have their pick of every single player in this draft. Why not hold on to it and take the guy that you really, really want? That's certainly a possibility as well. It's just that there's always drama around the Jets every year for the draft. And it's, it's really actually very interesting. But it, like, I, like I was saying, you got to do something with this guy. You can't just, like, 
having those, both those quarterbacks on the roster for the Jets, a team that's historically just a bad luck team, would make things like a million times worse. A million yeah. times worse. And then they get nothing for them if they both suck. I just think if if Sam, if Sam had a pro day right now, he would make those same throws that Zach Wilson made. Mm-hmm. Um, he made the best throw I've seen a college quarterback make in the Rose Bowl versus Penn State. Like you mm-hmm. put his tape. I I heard Mel Kiper say if Sam Darnold was a rookie this year, he'd be the number two overall pick. Um, yeah. This this mm-hmm. year, like like his pro day, if he if you put Sam Darnold out there in the same situation as Zach Wilson, he could do all those things. Um, well, that would make so, a lot of sense to me then with the 49ers uh-huh. making that move to move up yeah. three if they know that. And they very well may, you know. The uh-huh. only problem with that is if they are sticking with Sam, to me, there's a good there's a possibility they trade down. And then you don't know who's going second. Yeah. Yeah, that's a valid point too, if they trade out, because obviously 49ers probably made a play at the second pick. Like Ken said, they probably didn't want Darnold um, maybe. for whatever reason. Maybe unless unless maybe the Jets think they can get more from Denver or the Carolina. Yeah. Carolina, I mean, their owner made it clear they wanted they're going to draft a quarterback. They want to. Maybe they're just seeing how much they could possibly get, and the longer they wait, you know, the yeah. more somebody's just going to just hand over a shit ton of draft picks to them. Yeah, but yeah. but I did read an article if we, some facts about Zach Wilson. If we have a second. If you don't Wait on us. All right. One. His uncle, David Nealman, is the founder of JetBlue. Really? Easy to get, easy to get from Salt Lake City to, uh, to New York. Huh. Originally committed to Boise State, um, but he grew up in Utah, and his family is very, very big. Grandparents have seven kids, 36 grandchildren, 28 great-grandchildren. Hawaiian ancestry, his middle name is Capono, which means righteous. Um, he, uh, during his junior year, before his junior year, he worked with John Beck, former BYU quarterback in Southern California when they canceled spring workouts. So he stayed in California and worked for DoorDash to make a few extra bucks. Um, he, uh, he's a big fan of Jimmer Fredette, former BYU star. Hmm. Hopefully he has a better professional career. Unless he plays for the Jets, obviously, because they ruin the life of everyone they pick. Um, and he's also recently taken up juggling and mastered it. How about that? I have a few red flags with Zach Wilson. The first one for Drew is juggling. Yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate jugglers. <laughs> juggling and magic and, and circuses. Drew's out. Juggles, ma- yeah. magic, and dragons. Juggles <laughs> Drew's kryptonite. <laughs> no, my, my red flags actually kind of go back to what I was saying earlier. He didn't play a Power 5 team this year, not one. Mm-hmm. Um, they had this big showdown against the mighty coastal Carolina Chanticleers, where he was terrible. Um, in 2019, they did. They played four Power Five teams, and he threw a total of three touchdown passes in four games with three picks in those four games. So you really haven't seen him against elite opponents, and like it's it's the it's the same thing earlier. Is like, God, that's got to be hard to throw go all in if you're the Jets on this guy that you haven't you haven't seen him have success against a good team unless you're going back to high school. Secondly, he kind of looks like Jimmy Clausen, which scares me he's also not that big and and look if you look at the dolphins like dolphins have a really good defense the patriots are always going to have a really good defense 
the Bills defense will they'll probably fix it because they have a very smart team. So if you're coming at this guy and you're playing in a windy stadium, and granted he has a really good arm, but you know, if other teams are going to design their game plan to get to this guy because he goes down pretty easily, I don't, might I, you know, I don't know. I, I, maybe it's not the right pick for the Jets. I agree with you, Drew. Like, but also, I mean, like you could also use like Kurt Warner never played against anybody and he was totally. Great. But yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that this is this, but you know, I just, I mean, at the end of the day, Mark, like we've been talking about the whole time, just you, you have a known commodity there who's has a lot of ability who you've, your franchise has completely failed for three years. Granted, he got hurt too, but when he played, he was good his first two years. Yeah. And look at what you've put around. I mean, Adam Gase was an absolute failure as a head coach. You had yep. Frank Gore as your running back last year, for God's sake. Like, yep. Yeah, he's been in the NFL since before I could drive a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know he is. He's um, like father. He's like father time of the NFL at this yeah. point. He had third nothing. leading rusher like, in the league history. The more I talk talk myself through this, the more it seems like a no brainer to stack picks. I kind of agree with you. Like I said, I mean that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Shiny it'll be ball. exciting to find out. Shiny Let's, new um, ball. Shiny new ball. Let's move into free agency here. After a tumultuous couple of months with Russell Wilson trade rumors swirling in Seattle, the Seahawks acquire offensive guard Gabe Jackson in a trade with the Raiders, signed four outside free agents, including defensive end Kerry Hyder, cornerback Akella Witherspoon, defensive tackle Al Woods, and tight end Gerald Everett, and re-signed eight of their own free agents, including defensive ends Carlos Dunlap, and Benson Moyoya, running back Chris Carson, fullback Nick Ballore, defensive tackle Puna Ford, and offensive lineman Ethan Posich, Jordan Simmons, and Cedric Ogbui. Drew, is it safe to assume Dangerous has been appeased? I mean, I'm more interested in your take on this uh, after the Russ diatribe earlier this season. <laughs> um, Which is brilliant. But to me, to what's interesting to me is like, I don't see how the Seahawks got better on offense since this blew up because the, the biggest possible improvement I, I see is the new offensive coordinator, which happened before any of this came out. And he was part of that process. And that obviously didn't appease him because the offensive coordinator was in place before all these comments were made that, that, that blew up and all that. But to me, they signed Gabe Jackson, who replaced Mike Upati, who is actually a pretty good offensive lineman. So oh, even say Gabe Jackson is a 20% upgrade at, at a guard position. Like, what have you done? You lost – they signed a tight end who he's – I like I, – I think that was a good signing, but you lost two tight ends. You lost your number three receiver. You they I, Can you even name who the, th- the third receiver on the Seahawks would be this year? After with letting David Moore go, yes, it's gonna be one of those fifth string guys that exactly, yeah, barely played. Um, and and I, for the I time like being, their re- at least. I, I like for their time being. I like the re-signings they've done. They've they've brought back some key players like Carson and but like I don't look at their offense on paper and see any difference from last season and. And, and I like some of the defensive signings, but you also lost your number one cornerback. You've lost Jaron Reed, who is probably the second best defensive lineman. Uh, KJ Wright looks like he's going to sign with the Cowboys. I, I, I like what they've done 
um, to bring back guys on a good contract. But at the end of the day, Russell Wilson's contract is not allowing them to bring back any impact players. And I just like, I, I think he's appeased because he realizes like he's stuck there. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see how they've gotten better personally. Yeah, I, I understand uh, where you're coming from. I, I do think Gabe is a big upgrade to me over Upati. I Big enough that I think it appe- will appease Russell a bit there. I also am not sure that they're done either, and, and Russell may be privy to this information. Um, to me, I really like the Gerald Everett signing. I think that's going to be great for Russell. Add another big body um, in in the red zone along with DK will open some stuff up for them. Um, and I, like you said, I like all the re-signings. I was surprised that they were able to get Carson back. I don't think he tested the market um, as high as he probably wished he did, which is why he's back. And I thought that they played the Dunlap thing well too uh here i do think it sucks to lose reed um but i think they've done a pretty good job of at least filling the gaps back up that they that they have lost i think that russell does seem to be appeased i don't know if they've been able to work something out you know between him and the front office where there is some understanding that they've kind of given him offensive control um, and we'll work with, you know, Shane to drop the type of offense that Russell wants to watch or, or, or run rather. Um, and I think uh, that they're probably not done beefing up this offensive line either. And it'll be interesting to see what they do in sort of the second and third phase of, uh, you know, free agency here. And of course the draft as well. So I, this seems like a story that for being such a hot button issue for two months, has kind of fizzled out. Um, I Everything to me, at least on his social media, seems to indicate that he's pretty excited about what they've been able to do with both signing outside free agents, re-signing their existing ones, and uh, acquiring Gabe Jackson as well. So to me, it seems like he's happy. Yeah, it feels like a Band-Aid to me. I don't see how they're better than the Packers or the Bucks in the NFC right now. No, they're not. And, and let's – but – Let's go back to a point you made earlier, Drew. You can find really good receivers in other rounds of the draft. So let's think about that perspective for a second. Maybe this is the year the Seahawks actually give a shit about the draft and draft players that they're going to be able to uh, incorporate into their system who will be good with talent and not fall in love with, you know, five foot seven, 150 pound running backs and take them in the first round. What a wasted Rashad Penny was just a completely wasted pick. Like they feel like they, 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 they act like they're the smartest guy in the room and it just never really pans out. Maybe they're planning on using the draft this year to actually take some offensive players who are going to be cheap, who Russell has been as proven over the years that he can make a team better on his own. But now suddenly you got cheap, young athletic talent that comes in and Maybe by week five, six, halfway through the season, these guys are acclimated. And just like their offensive line is shitty in the beginning of the year and better at the end, their defense is shitty in the beginning of the year and they're better at the end. Maybe that's their plan. They're going to draft offensive skill players, maybe an alignment or two, and just build around Russell in the draft. Because like you said, Drew, they're stuck. They're stuck with his contract unless he takes a pay cut. 
So maybe that's their plan. And, and he, he's that's been articulated to him and he's on board with that. And I think that's what I'm saying. I, I think that is the plan. And, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to, for the first time, assuming they do this <laughs> correctly, uh, I, I think yeah, that a lot assumption. of the, I think a lot of the needs um, where they might have gone other places in this draft are still uh, capable of getting filled. For example, I you know I don't think having Witherspoon and DJ Reed and Trey Flowers is enough. I think they'll probably add another veteran, and they may re-sign Quentin Dunbar there or you know grab somebody else. KJ Wright thing, I don't think that's a done deal. He's going to the Cowboys yet. He, to me, seems like he's fallen into a little bit of this same issue that Chris Carson had, that Carlos Dunlap had, and the Seahawks might luck out and get right back because he wasn't getting the deal he wanted anywhere else. If that happens, I think then it really opens up, as Ken just articulated, that they can spend their draft picks on getting a receiver, grabbing more offensive linemen, you know, maybe looking at some defensive tackles that they can develop to replace Jaron Reed. So it does open up their options a bit more um, in terms of having more picks to focus on the stuff that they need rather than doing this sort of, you know, scatter shot that they've done in past drafts where they take a little bit of everything. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt. That's fair. I hope you're right, Ken. Yeah. Also, it's isn't it? And we talked about this. I think uh, maybe a month or two ago, when all this stuff came down, how eerily quiet their management has been about this. Not a peep. Yeah. Like no one's come out and said, "No, Russell's our guy. This is it." Nothing. We it's we've weird. heard nothing from them. Yeah. It's a very odd situation. But you know, I mean, I'm sure come September, Russell Wilson will be there. You guys will be excited. But you're right, Drew. None of these moves make them better than the other teams mm-hmm. in the NFC. Well, and that's the thing, though, with that, too, is I, I just – were they bad? No. No. Uh, that, that, that defense, by the end of the season, was one of the best defenses in the NFL. Oh, yeah. The defense oh, yeah. is virtually intact, um, you, you know, outside of a couple positions that I don't think they're done – filling the gaps there, you know, like I said, with, with cornerback, I think they're going to grab another veteran and the offense cooked the first half of the season. That's the thing that fell apart in, mm-hmm. in the last half. And then you had the Russell drama, you know, with what he wanted. I think that, you know, as long as they have given him what he wanted, at least in terms of control of the offense, and they're able to focus on the draft on filling some of those other positions that he wanted, namely offensive line, and a receiver, then I think he's, they're going to be fine. I think they will be a tough team to beat as always. Yeah. I, I just, I always just get better as the season goes on. I, I do agree with you, Mark. Like I think they had a super bowl roster last year. I just, they, it just didn't come together at the right times. What's interesting to me is I believe that I think the front office believe that, but it's interesting that Russell wanted change. And I think, what Pete Carroll and John Schneider realize that if we can get the offense and the defense to play well at the same time, we went, they went 12 and four last year and they never did play well at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. They need, that's what they need to figure out. And the barometer, the barometer for them, sorry, Mark, the barometer for them is Super Bowls. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league who when all said and done may go down as an all time great, but 
they can't waste this time. They're not a, I disagree, Drew. They were not a Super Bowl team last year. They were a playoff team. They went 12 and four. I said they had a Super Bowl roster. I didn't say they were a Super Bowl team. But they're, I, in my opinion, from the outside looking in, I don't see them as, as a Super Bowl team. They'd have to, they were the team in the playoffs that would have to catch a few breaks. They're going to make the playoffs again. I mean, and, and, but in that division, who knows? But that's the other thing. Their division is really good, especially with Stafford now, you know, for the Rams who could do pretty much anything now, right? And he's experienced, he's tough. He's got good leadership skills. They're going to be a better team. The Niners are going to be a better team. The Cardinals are going to be a better team. Now they got J.J. Watt. It's like, really, they, they need to build a Super Bowl team. I, I, I think it's easy to say they weren't a Super Bowl team in, in retrospect, but I think, the NF, I think the NFC was wide open and like the, they, they, the Bucs came together at the right time and the Seahawks didn't. But everyone else is going to make moves. They need to make moves too. They need to stay at that level. And what they've done here does not do that for them, which like you said, why when we start? Well, yeah, it's tough to make moves when your quarterback is taking up 30% of your salary cap. Yeah. All right, let's move on. New York finally lands a number one receiver by signing outside free agent Kenny Galladay, but is $18 million per season overpayment for a player that comes on the heels of an injury-plagued 2020 season? Ken, give us the skinny on your Giants. I thought it was a great pick, a great signing. It's something that they absolutely had to do. They had to do that. Had to do it. And he's a, he's a good player. He's not a separation guy, but he does have a pretty good catch radius. He's tough. He's competitive. Um, he led the NFL in touchdown catches, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. So he's he, there is a fair amount of production. I had him on my fantasy team this year, and when he was healthy and played, he was really good. Yeah, I mean, when he's healthy, he's a top five receiver. But, I mean, how many games did he play last year? Four? Hey, Ken, what's the best ability? Availability. You're absolutely right, Drew. <laughs> but at, at the same to- on the same token, they had to make this signing. Now, in 2016, we saw the Giants do the same thing. They signed a bunch of free agents, Olivier Vernon, Snacks Harrison, uh, Janoris Jenkins. But they also had an aging quarterback and an incompetent head coach who got fired, sat out of coaching for two years, and the only job that he was uh, available, uh, able to take in the NFL was as the Jaguars quarterback coach last year. And I think we all know how that turned out. Okay. But that said, I will say this about Ben McAdoo. Apparently, he wanted to trade up for Mahomes, and they ixnate it and took uh, Evan Ingram instead. I'll give him that. But different scenario this time around, right? Giants passed on Matt Rule for Joe Judge. Looks like a really smart move. He's great at creating a culture, and players want to be a part of that. Hence the signings of Kenny Galladay, Adoree Jackson, Good signings, man. Good signings. Daniel Jones Danny has Shel- ability. Danny Shelton today? They signed him today. Yeah, absolutely. They signed him today to replace Dalvin Tomlinson. But Daniel Jones has ability. They're committed to him. Uh, he recruited Galladay himself. Um, but I think they've figured out that he's a guy who needs a lot of great pieces around him. We get Saquon back, right? Another year for uh, Andrew Thomas, the left tackle. He, he started playing well towards the end of the year. But, you know, I think we've, we've all heard this before. Basically, what they're saying is we've had time to learn for two years. Don't turn the ball over. Stay healthy. And if you do that, you'll be here for a long time because we're going to build around you. And if you don't, you're not going to be here anymore. Um, Ken, you're so forgetting. I, your, I thought it was a – what's that? You're forgetting your, your favorite giant from last year is still a free agent unsigned. Who's that? 
Colt McCoy, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? He was supposed to build a bunch of Dunkin' Donuts in the central Central Texas area, and he has not done that. A little disappointed in that. He's he's Can't driving coffee. No, I know. Hey, well, beat, he hey, beat the Seahawks. Time. Yeah, he did. He played. He's a great backup quarterback. But apparently today, uh, Judge was in Miami looking at Jalen Phillips, Gregory Rousseau, and Quincy Roach. Uh, so I'm thinking that if that's the case, um, the Giants are probably looking at a high-end pass rusher. They manufactured pressure really well last year. Very good defensive front. And I think their defense was, what, in the top half of the league easily, maybe 10th, right? I think but they're kind of they middle, could, middle of the pack there. Yeah, but they got, they got – they were really good at times. Um, I think a lot of it was schematic, to be honest with you, which really says a lot about their coaching staff and the buy-in from the players – but if they have a guy who can create pressure himself, it allows you not to blitz as much and they can play coverage, you know. And like I said, they signed Danny Shelton today. Um, personally, I'd go with uh, I'd go with an offensive lineman. But, you know, I, I don't I, I kind of trust. Uh, I really as much as I have been down on Gettleman, I, I'm actually starting to trust this regime a little bit. Um, I'd go with the guy Vera Tucker, Tucker from uh, from USC, play guard or tackle. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of these free agent signings, as much as I like them, they still kind of scare me because Daniel Jones is still somewhat of an unknown commodity due to injuries and inconsistency and turnovers. Uh, But at least they're going to give him the pieces to succeed. They sure up the offensive line a little bit, maybe get another another DB, even though the secondary has pretty good depth. Um, You know, sure up the offensive line. You could never use enough pass rushes. You know, uh, hey, man. That year that they signed all the free agents, they made the playoffs. But, I mean, I think this is a little different scenario. Uh, I just don't have the unconditional belief in Daniel Jones yet. If Daniel Jones if, – if, if, if Russell Wilson was the Giants quarterback right now, they, they could probably be the Super Bowl favorite right now in the NFC, maybe behind the Bucs because they signed everybody back. It's possible. Think about that roster with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean, change a quarterback, it changes any yeah. team, certainly. True. But yeah. think about the Seahawks roster with Daniel Jones. Exactly. Drew just said they had a Super Bowl <laughs> roster, but you're putting that guy in there, so it's really all on him, dude. You gotta have, you know, you gotta justify this number six pick in the draft. Yeah, and he's got to do it. He's got to show. But up. I like. But at the end of the day, I like what they did. They did what they had to do, and I, I'm real. I really like Judge a lot. I'm starting to trust this regime a lot more. But it's really going to come down to him. Well, when I say Super Bowl roster, it makes it much more believable when you have a top three quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, take the quarterbacks out of it. Better roster today. Better roster today. Giants or Seahawks. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, as an NFL fan, I'm looking at the Giants. I'm like, that's a pretty damn good roster. I don't know a lot of these guys you just mm, mentioned. I don't know. Seahawks. I don't know. I don't know about that, that I agree with that. Metcalf is top three wide receiver in the NFL yeah. now. And healthy. And Jamal Adams. Well, pro- Jamal I, Adams is the best safety in the Easily, without a doubt. Yeah. Overall, though? Overall, though? I think they're comparable. 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 Agreed. Is it pronounced? It's pronounced comparable, right? It is. I say comparable. It's, it's can't change saying it wrong. <laughs> You're saying it wrong, man. <laughs> I kind of like it wrong, Drew. As a as a uh, former Pacific Northwesterner, I kind of like the John Ross signing as well. That could be a sneaky good good draft uh, free agent pickup. Huh? Fastest oh. player in NFL history. John Ross, yeah, that's right. 
John Ross. All right. If you've got a topic or a question you'd like us to consider for the show, please email fullblowncoverage at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platforms at fullblowncvg. Drew, Ken, any closing comments before we sign off? Wait, hold on a second, Mark. You know, I give my opinions on the Seahawks. What about your opinions on the Giants? You guys were like, all right, Ken, go ahead. And we're moving on. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wraps up today's episode. (laughs) Tune in next month for more full-blown coverage. Full-blown. Very full-blown today.